0: Welcome to Episode 5 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. Hard to believe we've already got four shows in the books. As always, I'm your host, Earl Smith. I've had a pair of really solid interviews the past two shows. Guess what? Another one's coming today. If you've missed out on either of those two interviews or any Sudden History episode, uh, what's the deal? What are you you doing with yourself? It's okay, though. I forgive you. It's the middle of wrestling season, a busy time for everyone. However, you can go back and listen to them. The Matt Talk Podcast Network has all of our shows archived. I highly recommend checking out all of the shows on Matt Talk Online. You can lose yourself in a wrestling-related stupor for a few hours without even realizing it. I really enjoyed getting jacked with South Dakota State head coach Chris Bono in a recent Short Time episode. Sudden History can be found just about anywhere you can think to look for podcasts, the main spot is on iTunes. All you have to do is click subscribe, leave a review. For show feedback, I can be reached on Twitter, at D1CW. For the show itself, it's at Sudden History. I like to give hints about upcoming guests using the Sudden History account. With all of that out of the way, today's guest is one of the best collegiate wrestlers of all time. He had a 126-4 and career record a three-time NCAA champion from West Virginia, and currently the wrestling coach for one of the top MMA teams in the world, the Black Zillions. Let's welcome Greg Jones. How's it going? Oh, great, great. Uh, If you can, talk about your current role as the wrestling coach of the Black Zillions. What kind of schedule do you maintain? Um, Are you working primarily in one-on-one or in groups? You know is it uh, more individually focused uh, that you're leading up to fights with? Uh, what what exactly are you doing?
1: Yeah, no, I'm involved in uh, pretty much everything from a performance aspect and preparation to aspect. with flight season. I've been down here in Florida for um, I don't know, probably just over a year and a half now. Um, you know, it's the schedule stays pretty busy. Um, the the biggest adjustment was it is not really a season, so we're. We're kind of going year-round as far as, uh, you know, group trainings, individual trainings. Um, You know, it's like 12, 13 guys in UFC, and everyone kind of on a different training plan. It takes some balancing out, but um, it's good. We have a great staff, and uh, and we uh, we adjust to whatever we need to.
0: So I'm curious, how did this opportunity to coach MMA fighters present itself? Did they reach out to you? You know, what happened there?
1: Well, kind of going back probably – Maybe like three years ago now, um, I had wrestled uh, Rashad Evans in the national tournament um, my sophomore year, the one year I didn't win nationals. Um, he mm-hmm. actually eliminated me from the tournament. And um, and that was that. That was kind of, I never spoke to Rashad before or after that bout um, until uh, he was preparing for the John Jones fight as the champion, of the title fight, probably about three years ago. And I got a random message on Twitter. To, to ask me to come down and help him train to that fight. So I came down here, uh to Florida for I don't know, it was probably three or four days then and uh established that relationship with, with Rashad. And uh we just kinda kept in, kept in touch, kept in touch and and then um, you know, they were looking for a wrestling coach, coach position that opened up and and he reached out to me and you know everything lined up to where I was able to get down here.
0: And so you always obviously have an interest in MMA since you're coaching fighters. Was there ever any thought of you fighting? I would guess, you know, you'd had to have some people over the years trying to at least push you into giving it a try. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, that's always kinda it was always kinda thought, but I mean if you think about it, you know, the UFC um is still fairly young and you know, graduating college back in oh five, the UFC was was around, but it wasn't what it is what it is right now where it's coming so. Um you know to me as a as a young athlete graduating college it wasn't it wasn't very attractive now had it been had I graduated five years later i might have i might have entertained the a, a little bit more seriously
0: that makes sense um so what in your opinion is the difference between a great wrestler and a great m m a wrestler um uh, My best example is a few years back now when uh george saint Pierre, a guy who had very little wrestling background as a youth, was able to uh out wrestle Josh Kosciuk, who you know was a four-time All-American and NCAA champion.
1: Yeah, right. Now I think the, the the standard, the standard is, is different for sure. What's considered a, a world-class or a very good collegiate wrestler um, is very different when you're talking about someone that is a is a very good MMA wrestler. The principles are still the same, but obviously it's a lot of different dynamics and, and tying all the martial arts together and being able to execute. Execute, a, um, execute a, proper, a proper game plan, but um, you know I see a lot of guys. And if you there's a, there's a lot of wrestling champions that are doing very well But a lot of the guys, most of the guys were, you know, division two junior college uh, wrestlers that just understand the work ethic and the grind and are really able to, you know, outwork players from uh, pretty much you know other disciplines. You know, but there's also a lot, a lot of guys that some people consider a wrestler from a fight perspective where I look at them and they just kind of someone that wrestled before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like yeah. kinda how my eyes are a little bit different from, from what I'm dealing with right now.
0: So going back to your own wrestling career, talk about how you got started in the sport.
1: Uh, I started wrestling whenever I was very young. I was three or four years old. Um, my my father, my uncle's wrestled uh, growing up in West, in Pennsylvania, we all, you know, know that our wrestling is just kind of the fabric of the culture, and um, so I started very young, and, you know, me and my brothers, and my dad coached a small wrestling club, and it was kind of expensive when I was in, in back at the pickup truck, going from tournament to tournament, and uh, just kind of went from there. By the time I was old enough to figure out, you know, if I had a choice to wrestle or not, it was already already a part of who I was and what I did, so it was just, just what I became.
0: So during your high school career, your older brother Virtus, was starring at West Virginia. Later, went on to coach at the school. You know, talk about the recruiting process. And were there any doubts that you'd end up at WVU?
1: Um. Yeah, my older brother Virtus, uh, was five years. He was. He is five years older than me. Um, you know, and as I, um, you know, he started to become recruited to coming out of high school. Um, I always said it on. I was going to keep my options, options open and, and visit some places and look around. You know, in hindsight, uh, I'm not I'm not quite how, uh, sure how honest that was. You know, I didn't visit any other schools. I was a three-sport athlete, so it was kind of hard to, to fit visits in, and, and it took a lot of, you know, effort and a lot of people's parts to you know, do that. So I signed with West Virginia uh, in the early signing period in November, and I actually didn't take my recruiting trip, my official recruiting trip there until the following March after the high school season, so... Um, that's pretty much something
0: at the, the whole time yeah, I think a lot of people may forget you were initially slated to wrestle your true freshman season and actually did compete in some events before getting hurt. you know what kind of injury did you have and how did uh getting a taste of the competition actually benefit you going forward
1: yeah i um I started off as a red shirt and you know throughout november uh November, november december' um, in a few open tournaments. Uh, actually one open tournament and then um we had a bunch of injuries. We had like twelve or thirteen injuries that year throughout our starting lineup. And um I came out a redshirt at um for the, the Millens tournament and um, I remember Kerry Callout was our coach Tommy he, he him and Coach terminal approached me and I was just like, you know, I already know what you guys are gonna say, I'm ready. So um <laughs> you know, Millens and then um actually wrestled uh Joe Williams And um, and I injured my shoulder during during that match and defaulted out. And then um, wrestled a few more more matches. I think I made it on the way to um, the Virginia Duels and kind of gutted out some matches there. But it came to a point in the season where we had to make a decision of of whether I could continue to do that or just go ahead and take a medical uh, medical hardship year and get that year back. So that's what we ended up doing. I think I wrestled, I don't know, less than 15 matches that season. And um, I think that experience really really was one of the biggest things to allow me to come back and compete at a very high level um, as a now a freshman the following year.
0: And so that next year, your freshman season, um, a big match for you was in the EWL finals. You won the first of your four career titles by defeating defending NCAA champion, who I mentioned before, Josh Kosciuk. Um You two didn't meet. In the regular season, you know, talk about that match and what it did for your confidence going forward.
1: Yeah, we, we actually, uh, the Eastern Edinburgh, the final boom meet of the season, um, which typically decided booming a championship in the Eastern Wrestling League. Um, and uh, Kostrick happened to miss that match, so that was that was uh, a little bit disappointing. But then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, we met in um, the finals of the conference tournament, and um, I think I, I reversed them, but back then you only know, did one. One, uh, a ride out one direction, and uh, I, I had the first offensive points, and I went down, and I I, I, uh, I escaped uh, to win the match, and that was kind of the, the springboard. Um, I was ranked, you know, obviously very high all year, but that was kind of the, one of the bigger moments where, where uh, winning the national tournament the final week was like, you know, um, you know a definite reality.
0: And so later that season, you won the NCAA title and you ran through the tournament without any real close matches. A ten to four decision over Tyler Nicks in The quarter was the closest margin. Um, what are your memories from that tournament? Your finals match, and you know just how you, you made it look relatively easy.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't remember much I because <laughs> that's almost fifteen years ago now. But um, yeah, no, I could. Um, you know, I can I, I remember, you know, people talk about trying to you know, find that zone. And, um, I just recall my, my coaches and my brother was on staff at the time just handling everything everything right, hitting on, controlling the atmosphere for me, making sure my preparation was, was good, my mind my, my was ready to compete at the highest level. Um, and they put me in a position where I was able just to wrestle and be who I was. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I, you know, the tournament did seem relatively easy to work through and you know before i knew it you know i found myself in the national tournament uh finals against the rest of that i had already beaten so um that gave me a tremendous amount of confidence in that final bout and i scored score a little bit more
0: um in that final match than i did earlier the season okay so um now something that the wrestling world saw just a few weeks ago was isaiah martinez he lost his first collegiate match after going undefeated as a freshman you were a guy who ended up uh, as a sophomore getting upset when you had a long winning streak, and conversely, you finished your career on a 51-match winning streak. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it to maintain those long winning streaks? And was there anything that you learned that made you better equipped to deal with that situation as a junior and senior?
1: Um, yeah, there's obviously a tremendous amount of learning this the place, you know, as far as staying undefeated in that winning streak, I thought honestly was something that never really um really crossed my mind. That was that they, those were things kind of our sports information director would kinda of pull out and break articles and stuff like that. But that never that never really crossed my mind, you know, um you know there was a lot of things in that, in that national tournament that didn't that didn't go my way, but the biggest thing that I, I brought out of it coming into my junior year was, you know, uh just learning to simplify the process a little bit. Um start to understand uh, the, how to how to set specific mat, match goals for myself. I knew um you know throughout the rest of my, my career, pretty much my my main goals was to, uh, to have as much energy as I possibly could, go as hard as I could, and score as many points as I could. And that that's, that's kind of that's what worked for me. That's how I I, uh, I kept the process simple and what got me through those final two two years.
0: And you know that that leads me into the 2003 NCAA tournament. You're the top seed, fell the first round to Ralph Everett, and then you had mentioned earlier you were eliminated by Rashad. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you've told me in the past how that was probably one of the most important learning experiences of your career. You know, what exactly uh, went wrong in that tournament for you?
1: Uh, it was just, you know, I, I had a, a successful, I, I guess, a somewhat successful season. I mean, I was, I was fortunate enough to get it to the national tournament undefeated. Um, uh, but without without really wrestling my best of what I thought of, I was capable of throughout that year. A lot of overtime matches, a lot of, a lot of three, two matches, a lot of four, three matches. Um, it, it, um, that wasn't far from it And I really didn't appreciate the process of being able to work through some tough situations. Um, uh, you know, wrestling opponents that are some, you know, being probably inferior to you to really close score, but still find a way to gut it out and still, uh, still trying to find a way to win the match. Um, you know, and I, I just didn't appreciate that process. I didn't pre- appreciate the performances. And I think throughout the year, that just wore on me to where by the time I got to the national tournament, I was just, you know, just mentally, maybe I was just kind of just uh, beating myself up to the point where I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. You know, I couldn't find a rhythm in the tournament. Um, and then it's kind of, kind of snowballed from there. I do think, I do believe if I was able to win the ride out match, um, in that first round, um, I do believe I would have gotten to the tournament and, and worked my way through <clears> to <throat> the championship, but so, especially here, you know, here in
0: hmm. Um, So, over the next two seasons, you moved up to 84, went undefeated, claimed two more titles, and you were the outstanding wrestler at the 2005 NCAA Championships. Uh, talk about how you, it felt ending your career in uh, that sort of fashion.
1: But it was great. It really was great, and I think Beyond just winning, you know, winning that uh, that third title, um, you know, that that national tournament that year was was um, was the most enjoyable wrestling experience that I that I've ever had in my life. It's just, you know, I, I, I freed myself up to be able to compete at a very high level. I was able to wrestle very hard. I enjoyed. Uh, I, I learned to enjoy and appreciate the process of the and the emotions of the national tournament. And um, <clears throat> you know, I worked worked my way through and won. You know, the, to be recognized by the by the coaches at that tournament uh, with that outstanding wrestler award was something that, you know, um, to, I'm very appreciative of.
0: Now, I've spoken to quite a few NCAA champions over the years, and a common response from them when being asked about their feelings after winning a national championship is that they felt relief, especially the guys who won as seniors. You know, not necessary elation or excitement but relief is that something that you experience and you know what do you think it is about our sport that kind of breeds this feeling
1: well, i think i think that's where it kind of the contrast lies um in my in my wrestling career um i can remember my freshman year um whenever you know i was i was on top uh, and i'm uh i'm kind of just like watching it uh clock countdown and say, i I will be to myself. And I remember the final, the final, uh, whistle going off. And before I even put my ankle bands off, my, my first thought was, Oh shit. Now what? (laughs) You know? And my next thought Uh was, how the hell do I get off this stage? Uh (laughs) And, um, that was, that was honestly my, my initial reaction to my freshman year. Um, but uh, kind of working through and, and then fast forward to my my senior year, I don't know if there was a sense of relief, certainly a sense of accomplishment, um, certain appreciation for, you know, the road that I had traveled from, from sophomore year in, until then. And, um, you know, and just the support of my, my family was huge throughout my, just my wrestling career, but throughout my life. And kind of the pride that it seeing me accomplish those things, that it, it, uh, they carry with it as well. Um was was probably one of the coolest parts and you know, and that's to answer the s second part of your question. But for me, that's that's the thing, you know, that wrestling has done to my family. Our our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we we, we wrestle and this didn't hit me until, you know, probably seven, eight years after I was done wrestling, but, you know, this amount of time and energy and resources, we didn't have no money. We were poor, but my my mm-hmm. my parents always found us a way to get us to that get us to tournaments. Um, you know, neither of my parents have college education. I'm one of five kids. Um all went to uh went to college, uh came out on scholarships, came out of college with no debt. Um mm-hmm. but that that's that's for me, uh, that's what that's what wrestling is and that's what the sport of wrestling is all about.
0: Um, another thing I know we've talked about in the past has been when people describe watching you, they may use words like you know, athletic, talented, gifted. Uh, you know, some people use these phrases and lose the fact that uh, to get to where you did, you had to be a grinder, a student of the game. You know, what, what were you thinking when you hear people, you know, just kind of throw out those words like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it kind of, it kind of works both ways. I think, um, you know, yeah, I think people shortchange. Um, me or someone like me, it's that, it, uh, that I'm just athletics or, you know, if if they were athletic, they could do it like that too. But there's way more that goes into it. You know, there's, with, with talent and athleticism also becomes, comes a lot of responsibility. Um, but uh, that's something that I learned from my dad um, at a very young age is how to, you know, is how to work, how to work through some things. And, um, my older brother, Virtus was, had a very good career. He's a two-time finalist, three-time All-American, but um, and he's probably a better athlete than me. But I think his shortcomings came where he wasn't willing to open his mind up to new technique and learning new things. He relied not solely, but a lot, on athleticism, whereas mm-hmm. I I took in the sport much more. I studied the sport much more, and I was more open to suggestions and techniques than, than he was. And
0: something I always thought was remarkable. After your collegiate career was over, you got to try out with the Steelers. Normally, the NFL teams may look at the heavyweights to become linemen, but they had you a 184 pounder workout. What was your prior football background, and you know how was that overall experience for you?
1: Uh, I played uh, I played football in high school. Um, I was a two time off conference defensive back, um, and uh, you know once I once I uh, graduated high school, my you know my football career was. was over but um my athletic director from high school called me um for the national tournament my senior year and asked me told me to see they wanted me to try out for them so i went up to uh to st vincent and did a workout for them at the national tournament and they had uh when i went up there to work out i had a sports hernia in my groin so um mm-hmm. i still went and went through the workout and they actually invited me back to go to uh the training camp. I was going to go in the day before training camp and work out, and then uh, stay on for training camp. But um, in the meantime, I had uh, my brain repaired and I wasn't able to go. So that was that was about the <laughs> end of my football experience. But it was really cool. It's uh, you know just part the organization. I mean, even in January, they followed up with me. They were going to send me to NFL Europe uh, just to get me ready ready for uh, football. But uh, I was already in the season and my first year coaching And I just kind of put that in my my rearview mirror.
0: Mm-hmm. and so how long did you compete in freestyle uh post-collegiate and uh when and why did you hang up the shoes so to speak
1: i i just competed in a couple of tournaments uh post-college um but then i i, I got the assistant close job job at west virginia right whenever i graduated so um i think from a <clears throat> from a long-term perspective well really it was a difficult situation because you know here i was just graduating and a lot of dynamics here in that coaching that guys that were not only my teammates, but they were my friends. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I was able to devote all my attention and become the best coach I could possibly become. And um, <clears throat> from a, from a long-term perspective, I uh, I decided just to just to put wrestling aside and just um, go right into coaching.
0: And you're mentioning, mentioning coaching. Um, you were at West Virginia. You were able to coach your younger brother, Donnie, um, he ended up having a, a solid career for the Mountaineers, but was pretty injury-plagued. You know, how was it for you getting to coach him? Was it a, a difficult time seeing him struggle with injuries?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult, sure. You know, um, you know, you want, you know, you always want to see a little, little of succeed, and he did, he did to a certain extent. And it was kind of his journey was pretty admirable. He had a lot of things that he had to work through. Um, from a from an academic standpoint, from an injury standpoint, would um, he be able to stay the course and, you know, not necessarily finish out his college career the way he wanted to, um, but still, um, you know, come out the, the other side of, uh, with a very good education, um, you know, putting himself in a position right now where he has a, a great job, a good young family. And um, those experiences, both, um that I share with both my brothers are, are things that we, you know, come to appreciate more and more as, as
0: time goes by. And so after the 2014 season at West Virginia, head coach Craig Turnbull's contract was not renewed and you didn't come back. And how did that situation play out? Was that something that you saw coming? And just how difficult was it leaving a place like that where you and your family had become so entrenched in
1: yeah, no, it's, it's it's part of the business, you know. It wasn't I wasn't blindsided by 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 any means, um, but it's 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 the coaching business, and that's you know um, kind of what we what we sign up for, um, you know. You know, basically, I put I put myself in a position where um, I was able I was able to pursue some other coaching positions, but this um, this is a position I'm in now is something that I'm very very pleased with. Now, will I ever make it back, you know, to coaching? maybe, you know, we'll kind of see how, how life goes, but, um, you know, the situation I'm there right now, um, you know, my family's very happy here, here in South Florida. Um, so it, it, it turned out as well as we could. Okay.
0: So I have a couple fun questions, I hope. Um, uh-huh. you've recently been a college coach, uh, you know, so you're extremely familiar with who's who in wrestling. And now you have some experience in the MMA world. Are you able to name one or two guys who you've seen that are, wrestlers either currently competing in college or on the freestyle Greco circuit that you think would make great fighters. And, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say no Jordan Burroughs or some of those guys who have not really shown interest in fighting. Is there anyone that comes to mind?
1: Uh, Jordan Burroughs is pretty pretty good at whatever he does. So,
0: um,
1: <laughs> we, um, um, our team has, uh, has a, uh, contract has signed, um, Tyrell fortune. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm really, really excited about his potential, especially at the at the um you know, at the heavyweight weight class. Um he's actually been down here training a couple of times here in there for, for short spurts. Um, but uh you know, I you know, I am always looking we're always looking for wrestlers, especially here. You know, we come down we're, we're primarily a striking based teams, so the more, more refers I can get down here the better.
0: mm mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. Uh, something I have an interest in while watching wrestling is rankings, comparisons, place in history. Um, I'm going to throw this stat out for you. Since 2002, there have been six guys from Pennsylvania who have won NCAA titles at 184 pounds. They are Rob Roan, yourself, Jake Herbert, Quentin Wright, Steve Bosak, and Ed Roof. If we can get a time machine, get a hypothetical tournament, or round robin, some sort of competition. Who wins? Who gets second?
1: I think me and Ed Ruth wrestle in the finals. Uh,
0: uh-huh. I
1: think um, I think offensively and kind of offensively. I think uh, I think I beat him. I, I catch him on some reshots. I run around some of the shots and uh, and win that weight class.
0: All right. Well, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that people need to know about Greg Jones? No, nope.
1: uh, I certainly appreciate your time.
0: Okay, uh, great. So, when are we going to see you again? Uh, who do you have fighting in the near future?
1: Uh, we have uh, Kidney Abel Trio, who's actually a, um, a Division Three wrestler in Iowa. He's fighting here in, in about five weeks. But the next big one we have coming up is uh, Rashawn Evans and Shogun coming up here in April. So we're, we're excited for that.
0: Okay, well, I uh, thank you, Greg Jones, for taking time with sudden history. And good luck and take care.
1: Yeah, thanks, sir. I appreciate everything you do, man.